pastors. Man, give honor to them tonight. I'm thankful for their guiding. I'm thankful for their voice. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 4, let's see. Let's just do one verse and you can be seated. Mark chapter 4, verse um, 39. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Would you set your Bibles down? And before you're seated, would you with me one more time? Would you lift your hands towards heaven? Lord, we love you tonight. I thank you, O oh God, for your presence. Thank you for meeting us in this house tonight, O oh God. I pray tonight, God, as your word is anointed and your word is forever settled, I pray tonight an ever-settling word would go forth, O oh God. I pray tonight, God, I would only be your vessel, your conduit, Speak through me tonight. Help me to only say what you would have me to say and then shut my mouth, oh God. I pray tonight your anointing would rest on this congregation, upon these precious people tonight, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Would you turn to your neighbor as you're being seated and would you tell them there will be storms. There will be storms. As our text, the first, the verse that I read, I'm going to read a few verses previous to that. Jesus has been teaching. He's been with his disciples, his followers, and he's been with a great congregation, a multitude of people. He's been teaching them different parables, and he has been ministering to them. And Jesus said on that same day, this is verse 35, when the evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over. Uh, to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they looked, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, he was in the bottom part of the boat, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. In our lives, there are many different Challenges. There are many things that we face. There are some things that are, um, because life is life, we're going to face and we're going to have to go through. Storms are never meant to be permanent. And I felt this weekend and this morning Strongly, as I said at the desk, I 
The Lord said there are storms, but storms do not always last. And um, I come tonight, I hope and I feel and I've promised the Lord um, and I promise this congregation tonight that I feel strongly tonight that God is the will of God to minister to some folks in this room that are facing a storm. Storms come in all different kinds of manners. And uh, if you live in Missouri, and I guess you do if you're here, unless you're from somewhere else, and we'll just tell you, if you just stay the night in Missouri, and you'll see we are people, and we are used to, uh, we're a people that are used to a change, uh, drastic changes, drastic changes in the weather. This week, at the beginning of the week, we were uh, wearing short sleeve shirts and, and, and a jacket and then having to take the jacket off by 10 and then uh, hoping that you had a, not had a sweatshirt on but had a t-shirt on or a short sleeve shirt because it got so warm and then by the weekend, by Thursday and Friday, the wind started blowing and started shifting some cooler air down this way, and then we fell asleep, and there's snow. So, and uh, so the seasons change in the natural, and uh, and we know that well, living where we live, how quickly the seasons can change. Um, but there are also situations, and there are also things. I'm just going to speak for a few moments tonight. A little bit different. I hope I don't say that too often, but just a little bit different for me. But this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There are many things that we cannot explain. There are many situations. There are hurtful things that we as individuals have to sometimes endure. But can I tell you that storms do not last forever. I know that's, I know that's a real profound uh, statement because we know that storms don't last forever. We know that a tornado is not going to last in one spot for more than just a few moments because it's going to move and it's going to change. We know that an earthquake is not going to last for in the same place for a 24-hour uh, period of time. It's going to happen, and it's going to move or it's going to cease, right? So it doesn't last forever. But there are some situations in our lives that the enemy and our minds have conditioned us to believe that life is a continual storm, that there is always something. Now, I'm not a doubter, and I'm not going to be um, the negative Norman in the house. If anybody's Norman, you're not negative. That's just, I was looking for a name that started with an N. But the enemy is at work conditioning our minds to always be watching because the enemy has convinced us that as one storm passes, 
another storm must surely be on the horizon. And there are periods of times in our lives where we feel like that life is one continual storm. And sometimes, for the moment, life is just that, one continual storm. Something hits you from the left side and something hits you from the right side, and you think it's safe to move forward, but there's something there hitting at you. So you think, surely if I just stay in the place that I am at, there's nothing that will come at me, and then there would be something it would feel like that would try to push you even from behind. To try to keep you in a constant state of worry and in a constant state of fear. The disciples have been with Jesus, as we would read previous to our text tonight. They had heard the many parables. They had seen the miraculous take place. They had understood and they knew him. Jesus would even tell them in the multitude, I'm speaking in parables, but when I'm with you, when I'm with you, I'm going to go deeper and I'm going to show you and I'm going to tell you and I'm going to teach you. And what I have learned sometimes in life, Brother Burke, is that we have to trust sometimes that when he pulls us into a different direction and when he pulls us into a different Place, Sister Violet, that the thing that looks like a storm that would destroy us while we are by ourselves is simply Him walking in to the situation to show me something deeper in Him so that I can have a better understanding of who He is. If the disciples had only known Jesus based on the parables, based on the stories and the examples that he would give so that the human mind could wrap their minds around what Jesus was actually conveying to to them concerning the kingdom of God. But sometimes Jesus has to take us and allow us to go into seasons of our lives that do not seem fair and that do not seem just and that do not seem steady. They have been with Jesus and they have heard what Jesus has said. And then they feel like, oh, we have been with him and we have toiled with him and we have felt uh, the questions, we have felt the opposing, if you will, spirits that would try to question Jesus. We have felt all of that and so now we are going to be able to take a little bit of a reprieve. We're going to be able to take a little bit, get a little bit of a breather. And so we're going to get on the boat because we have more to do and Jesus has already has another miracle that is lined up that is waiting uh, unbeknownst to his disciples. But we have got to get on the boat so that we can get to where Jesus needs to go next. And it is on that boat when they feel like if this is ever going to be a peaceful ride, this has got to be a peaceful journey. Because Jesus' mind, his spirit Uh, His human, his flesh was tired. 
His flesh was sleepy. And Jesus said, I'm going to go down and I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to rest my head on the pillow. I'm going to go to the place where there's a pillow and where it's quiet. And I'm going to get some rest because there's more work for us to do. They no more get on the boat. Have you ever felt like this? You felt like, man, I have just, I feel like that you, you feel the opposition from people. You feel the opposition from situations. You feel all those different kinds of things, all those emotions that they had felt. Now, well, I'm reading a little bit into, into the previous here, but there are people there that are wondering. They're questioning, is he, is he really who he says he is? Is he, is he, this, is he really? And... Uh, so they are, they're feeling all these different kinds of things, and so they get on the boat, and they no more than get on the boat, and there becomes a wind. If you would read and you would just research, and I'm not a good researcher sometimes, but uh, as I was reading in the Amplified, I believe it described that wind as like a hurricane-type forceful wind. And they think everything's going to be good, Brother Burke, Everything's going to be fine, and we're going to get over to the next place that we're going, and we're going to see miracles take place, and we're going to, have to, we're going to deal with opposition, and we're going to deal with devils, and we're going to watch him drive him out, and we're going to be there, and we're going to back him up. And everything's going to be good because Jesus is going to be awake when all this takes place, and we're not going to have to face these things by ourselves. And they get on the boat, and they feel at that very moment they have been with Jesus. They've just talked to Jesus. They've just told Jesus, hey, master, get some rest. And he had no more went down to get any rest. And I'll just paraphrase that the wind started blowing. The wind started howling. The waves started crashing. The tempest was going crazy. And there was all kinds of different things that would allow songwriters across every uh, genre and every, uh, every, uh, every decade to write another song about the winds and the waves and all of those different kinds of things and that the anchor still holds and all of these different kinds of things as things crash and as things go. But in that moment, the disciples felt like the storm was bigger than the boat. And sometimes the storm feels like it's bigger than the boat. Sometimes situations feel like they are larger and capable of taking out the boat. If you haven't figured out yet what I'm talking about, I'm talking about us. Sometimes it feels like, Brother Burke, that the things that I'm facing are going to take me out. The disciples said, what are we going to do? We, we're going to perish. We are going to die. And I have read these verses before, and I have preached, and I have taught in different times in my life in the last probably 15 or 20 years, these verses, and I have marveled with everyone else that says how crazy could these disciples be? Jesus is on the boat. Now, do they really think that something is going to happen to them and going to happen to the boat while Jesus is asleep on the boat? He's the master. They've, just, they've seen the miraculous take place. They've heard the miraculous being spoke. They've, they've, they've got revelation from the parables and the teaching of Jesus about the kingdom, and they understand that by this point, some of them have got to start grasping that uh, his purpose is not complete yet on this earth. 
But in that moment, they feel like this is it. It is over. I've come tonight to talk to someone that feels like it's over. That feels like it's finished. I, I promise you this is going to be shallow enough for, for me and for everyone else, okay? So just you can, you can just rest assured tonight. But I've come tonight to try to convince someone in the Holy Ghost that your boat, he has not taken you to the place that he has taken you so that the winds and the waves can destroy you and can sink the ship that you are currently in. I've come to tell someone with an authority in this house that it is not finished for you. This is just a storm. It is just a storm. I've come to tell the person that just signed up last Sunday for the 24-hour prayer and has felt this week like all hell has broken loose in your house, in your mind, in your body. Hold on, because Jesus is in the boat. He's still on the throne. He still has a purpose for your life. And he's about to take care of it for you. I said he is about to take care of this storm for you tonight. He's about to take care of it. He's about to speak peace. He's about to speak to something that is going on in your life. He is about to speak a calming. There's a peace of the Holy Ghost that is in this room. And they wake Jesus up and they say, Master, do you care that we are going to drown? We are about to die. Do you not care that we are about to perish? We are your faithful servants and we are about to die right here. And he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. There was a great calm, but he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have? No faith. The disciples will learn in their lives, as we will learn in our lives, that it takes the storm not to produce the faith, but it takes the storm to reveal our faith. I said, storms don't produce faith. But storms display. Storms take the layers off. Storms unpeel and they reveal our faith and our confidence and our trust. Job would say, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Job's faith was not increasing in that moment. His faith was being revealed. It is in moments in our lives that we have no control over that create our faith to be revealed in him. 
The word says that they feared exceedingly and said one to another, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey? They are trying to navigate in their lives. And I understand that we in this house, for the, the majority of people in this room, know who he is. The majority of the people in this room have been baptized in Jesus' name. They have taken on his name, and they have been filled with the, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And so you know who he is. But it is through the storms that we receive more revelation of who he is. I do not believe. Now, you believe what you want to believe, and that's fine. We can have our beliefs. But I do not believe when I read, and they feared exceedingly, saying one to another, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? I don't necessarily believe that they didn't believe that he had the power to speak and the authority to speak to the wind. But they had just received a a deeper revelation of who he is. Oh, wait a minute. He can't just speak to deaf ears and they open. And we have gotten into a rut sometimes of believing for certain miracles, but not believing for all miracles. And it is through the storms that we go through and the things that we face in our lives, they do not necessarily increase our faith, but they reveal, they open up, they open up a door. It's the storm sometimes that God allows to happen and allows us to walk through and sometimes allows us to even have to build a house and live there in the storm so that the door can be opened to our faith because it is through our faith when our faith is revealed and when we have a deeper faith and we have a better understanding of our faith, then we have a better revelation and an understanding of who he is. And then we can see through the storm with the eyes of faith. That's why Paul would say, I believe it was Paul that would say, we walk, we walk by faith, not by sight. That's why he could say we walk by faith and not by sight. I can see the storm. I can see all the things that are going on around me. I can see all the calamity. I can see all the stress. I can see the sickness. I can feel the loss and the hurt of the loss. And I can see uh, uh, the disp- I can see the different disparities. Dis- the different things and the things that life will shift us and move us and take us to and move us around and blow us from one side to another side. But it is through those things that I get a deeper, through him, through my faith, I get a deeper revelation of who he is. And when I can have a revelation of who he is, then I can understand that at any given moment, if I have to ride the storm, I'll ride the storm. But that at any given moment, he has the power and he has the authority and he has the right to rise up, get up, out of the boat wherever he may be in my situation and walk to the wind and walk to the sea and say peace be still and it is through that confidence and it is through that faith that some of you are in this room tonight because you are facing the storm of your life and the storms of your life and some of you feel like that your faith is on trial and you're exactly right your faith is on trial Because he is revealing to you in this hour who he really is. The fourth chapter of Mark ends and the story continues. And they get to the other side of the sea. To the country of the Gadarenes. And when the boat is, when he is... Come out of the boat immediately there has met him 
a man that is in the mountains and that's in the tombs, that's in the place where there's no other people. Now the disciples have just faced a natural storm. They have faced a natural storm and they have watched by the voice and by the stillness and by just the spoken word of Jesus, peace, be still. See, storms come in different, er- in different ways. For some, maybe in this room, you've got a storm that's going on. And, 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 and some people call it life, but I'm just going to call it a storm. Some, some, there may be somebody in this room that's dealing with a storm, and it's a natural storm. You've got something messed up at your house. You got something messed up in your, with your car. You got something going on in this area and that area of something natural that's in your life. And it's a storm. All right, I just felt that. It's a storm. But somehow the enemy has convinced you that those things don't, are not important to God. And that's just the life, the heart, that's the school of hard knocks. It might be for someone that doesn't know the king, but I'm a child of the king. And so you got every reason to believe that anything that the adversary can, can try to poke at in, the, in, in human flesh, can try, and human spirits can try to poke at, they'll poke at. they got to mess your plumbing up to get you all worked up and in a frenzy, they'll do that. I know. And it's funny, and we laugh until, and and then when I go home tonight, there might be something wrong. The disciples had just seen, I better get back to where I'm at. The disciples had just seen in the natural God speak, Jesus speak to a storm with their natural eyes. Then they get to the coast of the Gadarenes, the country of the Gadarenes, and they get to a place, it's 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 a lonely place, it's a place in the mountains, it's a place in the tombs, it's on the edge of, of that country. And there's a man. There's a man that they would call Legion because he had so many devils and he was tormented and he, was, he had all kinds of issues and all kinds of problems. And he was a man that they had, um, well, they couldn't control the man because of the things that possessed him. They couldn't control the man because of the storm. Because of the storm that he was in. They tried to lock him. They tried to bind him, but they couldn't control the storm that was in him. They they couldn't, the soothsayers couldn't fix the storm. That was inside the man. But just like the wind understood the authority of the voice of God when he said, peace, be still. The devils understood the storm always knows the voice. The storm always knows the presence. 
of God. That's why the storm will try to keep you. Now, some believe it's all right. The enemy doesn't care if you get here and all those kinds of things. And to a certain degree, I guess that might be right. But the storm does not want you to get into a house of worship. The storm does not want you to get into a house of prayer. There's been someone almost since uh, probably 7.30 or so this morning that has been in and out of this building praying and interceding and believing that the place that you are coming on to, the storm's going to have to stop for a moment. And so Jesus... The scripture says, and he cried out with a loud voice. He ran up every day and night in the mountains and the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus from afar, the storm said, uh-oh. Oh, boy. And when, they saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshiped him. A man who no one could control. A man who could not have a sensible conversation with anyone so that they could get him the help that he needed. When he saw Jesus from afar, he worshiped him, and he cried out with a loud voice, and he said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? A spirit began to speak to Jesus and said, I implore you by God that you do not torment me. The storm said, no! You're not supposed to find me here. Didn't the physical, didn't the natural storm, wouldn't that stop you for just at least another day from coming here to speak to this storm? (laughs) See, the enemy has convinced us that God is able to carry us through some storms, but not all storms. That God is able to heal us of some infirmities and some diseases, but not all infirmities and not all diseases. That God is able to touch our bodies, but he's not able to touch our minds. He said, I implore you by the by God that you would not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Storm, peace. Be still. Storm, come out of the man. Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, for we are many. And we begged. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. you got to understand, this is the storm. storm. Jesus says, okay. All right. Did you catch, though, what they said? They didn't say, all right, he's told us to leave and be unclean, so now let's leave and let's find somebody else. The storm had to ask Jesus, Will you send me somewhere? 
What are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to say Jesus has all authority over everything, every facet. You hear me right now? He has authority over everything, everything. You better understand me right now. He has authority over everything that we endure and everything that we face. He has a say. I said he has a say in everything that we go through and in everything that we face. And Jesus is fixing to show them. And he's fixing to show the disciples the power that he has. The disciples a few moments ago are afraid of the sea because of the wind and because of the waves that it might capsize, that it might drown them, that it might flip the boat, the ship that they are in as they're crossing this great lake to get to the place where Jesus is going to go. And Jesus says, okay. They say, would you just send us somewhere else? Send us into those swine. So boom. All of a sudden, a man that no one can stop, that has, he's got a tsunami of things. Just like that wind that was blowing, he has a hurricane of a storm going on in his mind and in his spirit. But in a moment just like that, Jesus speaks to the storm, and the storm has to leave. Jesus says, all right, where do you want him to go? Where do you want it to go? Go ahead, just tell me. Where do you want it to go? Challenge me. And so it goes into the swine. It goes into this herd of pigs. And Jesus, I have no doubt in my mind, Brother Hewling, I've got to believe that as the disciples stand there, it is possible. Now, it's not in there, so I'm not adding to, but I'm just going to say, wouldn't it be neat? Maybe I can ask Jesus this someday. Maybe, just maybe, he leaned over, uh, Brother Cade, to the disciples, and you said, you remember the sea that you boys were afraid of a few moments ago? And you remember the peace that I spoke over that sea? And it became as calm as just a little shallow brook. Yeah, we remember that. Now you watch what kind of authority I'm fixing to give to that sea. And as they entered into the swine, the scripture says that they ran to the hilltop, to the mountaintop, to the ledge, to the cliff, and they were consumed. They fell into the, and they were consumed by the storm, by the water that the disciples had thought that they were going to be consumed by. Then it's not very much longer. Jesus says, okay, let's get back on the boat. There's another storm that's brewing. I'm hurrying right now. I'm trying to tell someone, I'm not trying to convince anyone in this house because I can't convince you of anything. But I am trying tonight for you to stretch your mind in the spirit and to stretch your understanding that God would give you a greater revelation of the faith that is inside of you. Jesus is met by a man and he says, hey, my daughter is 12 years old and she's dying. Very familiar passage of scripture. So I'm going to paraphrase this. Jesus gets no more to the shores of where he's at. And they say, hey, man, Jairus says, hey, can you come to my house? My daughter is sick. Death is upon her. My daughter, she's only 12 years old. She needs a miracle. She needs you. She needs you to speak. She's in the middle. Jarius' house is in the middle of the storm of their life. Right. 
The disciples have just seen Jesus speak to the natural. Speak to, if you want to, the car, the plumbing, the thing that acts like, that wants to distract you and wants to detour your faith. Jesus has just spoken peace to that. Then what no one else could handle that would be deemed as he ain't just sick, but he's messed up. Tormented by devils, they watch in a moment as Jesus speaks peace to the storm. And they're met by Jerry's. I need you to come to my house, Jesus. I'm facing the storm of my life. I'm facing the storm of my life. I need you to come to my house or my daughter is not going to live. I need you to come. Jesus says, all right, it's all right. It's okay. Let's go. Take me to your house. Take me to your house. I can speak to the storm. Take me to the house. I can speak to your storm. By then, the disciples' minds are set on Jairus and Jairus' home in the entourage that is with Jairus. And as he presses through the crowd, you know the story better. Most of some of you know it better than me and could teach it so much more profoundly and deeper than me. But as Jesus presses through the crowd, he stops in the middle of the crowd. Because now someone that has lived a life, has lived their life, has now, uh, in a, or at their later years in their adult life, now has been facing a storm. Jairus' daughter is 12 years old, and I don't believe that she had been facing a long-term storm. I can't prove that necessarily, but I just don't have any reason. I can tell you this. The storm couldn't have been any more than 12 years. I doubt it was but probably about 12 hours. A woman. Jesus is pushing through the crowd. And a woman who has been in the storm of her life for as long as Jairus' daughter has been alive. She has used every sandbag that she can use in this storm. She has shored up everything that she can shore. She has pulled the sidewalks in. She has petitioned off the windows. She has petitioned off the doors. She has spent and done everything that she can do. But the storm would not stop. Jesus speaks to the wind and the wind obeys him. Who is this man? Jesus steps onto the coast of Gadaree into the county and he says, hey, 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 hey. And I believe the disciples said, oh, we're fixing to see who this man is. And the storm, the legion had been, that he had been named, that wasn't the name that Jesus had given him. That was the name that the devil had given him because of the legions, the multitudes and multitudes of demons that were inside and possessing and and." and tormenting his mind and his body and his spirit. Jesus said, peace, be still. And he spoke to the storm of his mind and the storm of his spirit. Let's cross back over. So they cross back over. Now Jarius has a storm. I'm going to tell you right now, and you, you will believe me, there's... Many parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, someone here is connected to children or will be connected to children. There is no storm like a storm that involves your child. 
I said, there's no, there's, and there is no storm that is like a storm that affects your spouse. By the authority of the name of Jesus. Jarius, can you gotta get to my daughter? This storm can't destroy us. You gotta get to my daughter. And the woman with an issue of blood pushes through the crowd, crawls, gets on her hands and knees and crawls, and says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, maybe my storm, I have no more fight left in me, but I have heard that he speaks to the wind, and the winds obey him. I've heard in the crowd the chatterings of what he has done for a man that could not help himself, and that could not be helped by others and now I am in the same boat I'm in a storm but this time it's a physical need it's a physical need that is dismissed that has shunned this woman she has been kicked not just out of her house she has probably been kicked to the wayside just like the leprous people would be kicked to the wayside because of the condition with her blood that she had she was considered unclean and unfit And that nasty spirit tries to rise up in a child of God that tries to tell a child of God, even sitting in this room tonight, you are unfit, you are unclean, your body may not be diseased, but your spirit is diseased. Your mind is diseased. The things that you are facing, you have went through so much that it is like a cancer. Oh, 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 oh. but I've come to tell someone tonight that if you have to crawl, if you had to get to the place if you got to get on your literally tonight if you got to get on your hands and knees and crawl to the place where Jesus is at she didn't crawl because she was embarrassed of her face I don't believe that for a moment she crawled because it was the only street I don't probably believe if I'd be honest with you she probably wasn't on her hands and knees she was probably dragging herself I have a storm and I have tried everything that I have known to try. And in that moment, Jesus stops. Wait a minute, why are you stopping? The, the crowd is thronging you. People are touching you. What do you mean? Someone, Jesus says, someone has touched me. He said, hey, you know, because I felt, Jesus said, I felt virtue. What did he feel? I felt peace. I felt the virtue. I felt the peace. Somebody's going to have to get a hold of this. <laughs> You're going to have to quit listening to the wind and quit listening to the turbulence. Jesus stops in the crowd and says, someone has touched me. Uh, what do you mean, Jesus? Everybody's touching you. We're pulling on you, trying to get you to Jairus' house because it looks like now her breathing is probably labored and you better get to the place where Jairus' daughter is at or we're going to have to really, they're really going to question who you are. Jesus said, who touched me? The woman said, I did. <laughs> 
She didn't, ex- she didn't try to explain herself. She didn't try to, she didn't try to, she didn't try to say, hey, look, man, I'm in the storm of my life. I, I, I need some help. I had to have some help. She said, if I can just touch the hymn. If I can just touch, now we could preach about that. I've preached about that. We've preached about that. We've taught about that with the significance of the hymn of his garment. Everybody else had him by the hand and had him by the shoulder trying to lead him. She said, I got to get to the hymn. In those days when they would anoint a priest, when they would anoint a man of God, they would anoint him with such a flow of an oil and his garment would be made that the bottom of his garment would be thicker than the rest of his garment. It would overlap and overlap so that the oil... So there would be a place the oil wouldn't run off of his garment. The oil would be consumed and would be saturated in the bottom of his garment. She said, I know the peace speaker. And because of the noise around me, I know him today by name. I, I know the peace speaker. I, I, I know that for everybody else, you need him to do it in this situation, in that situation. But she said, if I can touch the hem, and I hurry up here now. She touches the hem of his garment, and all of a sudden, he feels the peace. He feels the virtue leave. He feels virtue leave. She feels peace. She feels a renewing because that's what peace gives us. She feels a strength because that's what peace gives us. It's the perfect love of God that she began to feel. She began to feel something that she had never experienced in her life. She was able to feel something that Calvary was going to allow us to feel at any given moment, at any given time, just by the spoken word, just by calling on his name. But she was able in that moment, in that dispensation, to get to the place where she was able to feel the love. You know the love that we feel in this house. The per- that peace that was in this room this morning that's been in this hat just you have just been able to feel it so thick in this room that peace that is even in this house right now as I speak and that same storm is trying to tell you this peace is not for your storm she said I don't need him to come to my house I don't need him to come to the little place the sticks that I've made to, to live in the little tent that I've made to live in I just need to touch him and he said woman daughter great is your faith I'm paraphrasing great your faith Your sins are forgiven. You're healed. It's all good. And at that very moment, everything, that whole storm was just like the storm that the disciples had experienced just a day or so before. That was a natural storm. She felt that same peace. The peace that the boy had felt, the man had felt, that the chains couldn't keep him locked up. People couldn't keep him locked up. Soothsayers couldn't tell a spell over him to get him to shut up and to get him to quit hurting people and even hurting himself. In that very moment, she felt the peace that the man felt. And the peace was Jesus. Jairus gets word and a man comes and says, Jesus, don't worry about coming. The storm has destroyed. The storm has destroyed our house. It's over. Jesus said it is not over. I'll paraphrase. She's just asleep. Jesus never, never entertained the idea that it was hopeless. 
Jesus never entertained the idea that it was over. Jesus never said, "Uh uh-oh, it's expired. Jesus said, she's just asleep. Come to tell someone in this house tonight. I feel this strongly. I feel... I feel like the storm of life, the storm of situation, the storms of sickness, the storms of hurt, the storms of lies, the storms of loss are deep. But I know the peace speaker. And while the storm rages, and while the sickness seems to persist, and while I feel like I might lose my mind, and for somebody in this room while you feel like you might lose your child, and for someone that's been dealing with something that's so long that it feels like it's a life sentence, I've come to tell you tonight that there is peace. And I've come to tell you that in that peace there is a miracle. And I've come to tell you in that miracle there is sunshine. There is still another day that is coming. songwriter said, and I probably won't even quote the words right, but I know the peace speaker. I know him by name. What's the next line? Somebody tell me. Keep telling me, Sister Teddy. I know the peace speaker. Tell me one more time. someone move in this house.